So we're, we're just so thankful we're back. And um, of all the places that we had the privilege of serving, I've been a pastor for 45 years. We loved being here. This was an answer to prayer. I uh, prayed hard before we decided to come in this direction. And we were part of a ministry called IPM, Interim Pastoral Ministry. We did that after serving several years as a, a pastor in a local churches. And we prayed about this new adventure in our life. And I was praying, Lord, just, just send us somewhere that would bless my wife. I know that sounds funny. Yeah. Said so she has been working so hard. And a pastor's wife goes through the mill often and not easy at times. And Candy's here. Where, where are you? Oh, there you are. And, yeah, and thank you for, and we'll talk about it in a moment. Uh, hey, look, you start at 9.30, you go to 12, I'm just going to ramble. <laughs> you know, let me just be a rambling man right here. But uh, we prayed, and I prayed, Lord, just send us to the place that Candy would love. And God sent us here. And he sent us here because this is part of the country that Candy loves. And I'm so thankful that he blessed us and blessed her and blessed me. And, and you all blessed us um, by allowing us. You know, you had to, by faith, say yes, right? You were walking by faith. You didn't know us. And you, by faith, had to agree that this is what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do. And so we loved our time here. Can you tell? And that's where we're back. I mean, you don't ever go somewhere you didn't like, right? I'm never going back there again. But we're here, and you prayed hard for candy, and I'm so thankful. And uh, six months of chemotherapy and all of that stuff is terrible. And uh, she went through the mill, but her, her faith remained strong through that. And so thankful. But we, we felt people's prayers. We, you, you know what I'm talking about? If you, you who have been through a tough time, you feel people's prayers. We felt the, the comfort of people who were praying for us. And we are so, we're so grateful for you. So thankful for you. Keep it up. She's not out of the woods. Not out of the woods, but uh, keep it up. Yeah, please. Well, Jonah gave me the option to, to examine with you that text that was read so wonderfully a moment ago from Exodus. And uh, you're, I understand you're in a series of messages in the book of Exodus. And so when he sent me that text, I looked at the text and and read through it, started doing some studying like Mike does, just go right into it. And aren't you thankful that uh, you got rid of us and you got Mike Whitney? <laughs> yeah, you go, praise the Lord, we got Mike Whitney. And I know, I know that that was a great time and a, an important transition time. And then you guys prayed hard and God sent you Jonah. You know, spit him out, right a, a whale, just <laughs> here you go. Right on the shoreline of Maine, we're going to give you Jonah. And uh, yeah, that's how God works. So Jonah gave me the option to examine that text, and um, I looked at it and really did some studying in it, appreciated that text. There's a whole lot in it. And then I was grateful, thank you, Jonah, that he gave me option number two, 
and that is to share with you something else, something that uh, was going on in my life, uh, some scripture that's happening in me. And so when I shared with Candy, he gave me an Exodus text, and I'm, I'm thinking about sharing this other, going another direction. She said, go in the other direction. So I'm going to share with you option number two. And most often what pastors do, what we do is, Jonah does this, you pray for direction, right? You better do that. You pray for direction. You know, what are you going to preach next week, pastor? I have no idea, but I'm praying for direction, right? You pray for direction, and uh, what I feel most comfortable doing is I preach series of sermons. I like to go in a book and uh, start with that book and end with that book and, and take us through that journey. And uh, one of the reasons I like to do that is, honestly, preachers will tell you this, it takes the pressure off. I mean, how in the world am I going to know what to preach next week, right? So let's say this week was really great. You go, oh, man, the pressure's on. i got to come up with some crazy topic for next week. So this takes the pressure off. It's easier to look at a book. So that's what I do. That's my habit. And we're currently preaching through the Gospel of John. That's an amazing book in the Bible, the Gospel of John. You don't know this, of course you don't, is that before 2023 started, I was praying, I was asking for a word from the Lord, I'm sure you did that. God, we're starting a new year, and I need to share, I want to share with our folks um, something that would encourage them, that would um, help them to go deeper in Jesus and their relationship with God. And so we started the year off asking for help to give me this, this thing that I could share with my folks. And the scripture text that came to my heart was from James chapter 4. And God has used James in my life. I mean, you can't imagine how he's used James in my life to change the direction of my life using James. And so I'm reading through James, I'm praying, and I'm asking God, what is this word? What word can I share? 2023. Let's get started on the right foot, right? James 4.8, bottom part of the verse. Man, it just spoke to my heart. Draw near to God, and he, look at the promise, promise of God, will draw near to you. Yes, he will. James experienced that personally. You know, it took him a long time before he believed his brother was a Messiah. I mean, he thought his brother had a Messiah complex, right? He's going, man, we got to intervene in this guy's life. He's crazy. He's going to get himself into trouble. Took him a while, but then after that experience of the resurrection of Jesus, meeting Jesus personally, after the resurrection, he, he draws near to God. And he says to, to the folks that he's writing to, to the churches and to the folks in Jerusalem, hey, from experience, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. One of the things I've learned from reading um, Malcolm Gladwell is the importance of timing. Yeah. Timing is really important, right? And so... Um, Timing determines outcomes. We've got to make sure the timing is right. 
The Bible tells us that in the fullness of time, God sent forth this son, born of a woman, born into this world. The kairos, everything lined up perfectly. And when he did, he sent Jesus into the world. See, what was so fascinating during this time was that when I shared with my folks this word from God that I was so excited about, man, it didn't take. What's wrong with you? I mean, it didn't take. It was as if I pulled the trigger and missed the target by 100 miles. I couldn't believe it. Shared it with them. Candy even made a poster. What's wrong with you? Okay, now, as I said, we've been in a series. We've been in a series in the Gospel of John, and about maybe six weeks ago, we were looking at chapter 9. What an incredible chapter. Jesus heals this guy who was born blind. Can you imagine? Born blind. No one in the Old Testament was healed of blindness. It's a a messianic sign. Isaiah tells us the blind will see. Jesus heals people of blindness. We were talking about that. And then as I was studying the text, verse 4, oddly, verse 4, James 4, this verse 4 in John chapter 9, just, it was a kairos moment for me. I'm sure, Jonah, you've experienced that when you've studied the Bible. It was this, this moment that the text I was reading just came alive. It was Jesus was speaking to the disciples, and he says to them, after he heals the blind man, he says to them, I must work the works of him who sent me. He did not say that. He didn't say, fellas, you got to come along with me. I've got a lot to do. Right? No. Man, it was like thunder and lightning. Verse 4 starts with we, plural. We must do the works of him who sent me. We must. And I remembered... Ephesians 2.10, where, where Paul says that we are his workmanship, you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. You were created for what? Good works, which he has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. We, so, that's just so powerful. See, most people think, no, we, no, it isn't we, pastor, it's you. That's why we pay you. We pay you to do that. No. We must. And it was so wonderful. It's like lightning. Lightning went off. And so I shared this with my folks. I was speaking from my heart. And I said, look, we must work the works. Who doesn't want to see this happen in Georgia, of all places in the world? That's where I'm pastoring now, in Georgia. Yeah. Maine and Georgia, what a difference. I mean, who, this is what I asked them when I preached this text. I said, who in this congregation doesn't want to see people come to faith in Christ who are outside of faith in Christ? Who doesn't want to see, hey, within your own family, uh, relatives and children and grandchildren, who doesn't want to see them come to faith in Jesus Christ? Who doesn't want to see 
People who go to the doctor and they're not, they, they come out, but they're not healed. Who doesn't want to see God do healings? I mean, isn't God still a healer? Who doesn't want to, who doesn't want to see marriages? You know, marriages that are so far apart come back together. And, and young people that are, are rebellious to recommitting their lives to Christ like they did when they were five years old in Sunday school. Who doesn't want to see that? Who doesn't want to see so much money coming into the church, not so the preacher can take a vacation in Maine? No. Who doesn't want to see so much money coming into the church that we can do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think, that we can fund ministry all over the place? Who doesn't want to see that? Who doesn't want to see people delivered from addictions? that ruin their lives, who doesn't want to see that? And of course, everybody said, we want to see that. And it's not up to the preacher to do it. Because Jesus said, we must work the works of him who sent me. Then it happened, right? About six weeks ago in my church. Man, it was a kairos moment. It was. It was like the fullness of time. You know, when everything lines up perfectly. And it was in that text on that Sunday, looking at this event that takes place, that it became clear that the way, the means for all those things to take place. Hey, listen, can I ask you this question? Do you want that to take place here? I want to see that happen in my church. In fact, I told them, I don't want to see it happen down the road. I don't want to go to that church and see it happening down there. And I don't want to see it in my old church about 30 minutes away from where I'm pastoring now. I don't want to see it over there. I want to see it here in our church. So do you want to see it? Amen? Come on. You love Jesus. Don't you want to see it happen? People come to Christ. Two weeks ago, this young man was so messed up, and, and I went to see him, and he's been coming to the church, and, and so um, about two weeks ago, after an evening meal, I was with him, and, and this guy, I mean, if I told you a story, you won't believe it. He's 6'3", and he weighed 110 pounds, and um, I mean, it's an abusive, abusive life. I mean, just terrible choices, and so i I'm sitting with him, and I'm saying to him, uh, look, where's your heart? Is it open? Are you, are you ready? Are you willing? Do you want to repent of that old lifestyle? Look what it's led you to. He said, yeah, man, I do. And I prayed the sinner's prayer with him, and he opened his heart, and he became a Christian. And he was so excited. He was telling, I mean, his folks are elated, of course. Don't you want to see that happening through you and with your kids, with your grandchildren, with your neighbors? Man. It was so wonderful. It was this, everything lined up. This Kairos event. Because the way in which for this to happen... Okay, pastor, how is it going to happen? The way. Draw near to God. And he will 
draw near to you. And instead of this thing falling short of the target, it hit the target. God's timing is perfect. And people in our church are starting to feel it and sense it, drawing near to God. One saint has been walking with the Lord for several years. I mean, if you, you were to meet her, you'd say, man, she's a solid citizen in the kingdom. This, this person is now like a newness is coming into her life. She's been walking, it's like, but her walk was stale, and now it's like it's fresh, and she's writing music. It's pouring out of her. Okay. How does it work? Very first time I met Candy, I was an associate pastor, and one of the gals in our church wanted me to pick Candy up and bring her to an event. I said, sure, I'd never met her. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So she opened the door of my car. It was late at night. She opened the door of my car. I didn't see her coming around. She opens the door, and when she opened the door, the light went on in the car, and I saw an angel. (laughs) I really did, man. Is there love at first sight? Yep. I was. Man, I was smitten. Man, I was in love. Her response was not even close. (laughs) No. She'll tell you the only thing she's thought about, I had a beard, and she said the only thing, I was dark and hairy. (laughs) Thank you very much. But that did not deter me. No. It did not deter me from pursuing her. And by the way, she had committed to five years to go to Sweden. She was with Campus Crusade for Christ. She had raised almost all of the money she needed. She was in North Carolina just to say goodbye to her folks. It was going to be a five-year stint. Sweden. When our paths crossed, I pursued her. I did. I pursued her. And what I had to convince her, I had to convince Candy was this, that I was a worthy suitor. A worthy suitor. If not, she's gone. Yeah. Hey, listen, if I went at it half-heartedly, If I didn't go after her full steam ahead, she would have left the country. She would have married some unattractive Scandinavian. (laughs) She'd have 10 kids, five boys and five girls, and they would be homely. That's what I'm telling you. Now, here's the point. They've looked like their father. Here's the point. By pursuing candy, by pursuing her. You know, the Bible talks about being lukewarm, right? I mean, if you're lukewarm pursuing someone that you think you care about, is that person going to be attracted to you? I mean, don't they know? Man, you're you're half-hearted. That's what lukewarm is. That's what God cannot stand. 
He can't stand that about God, about his people. He cannot stand that. And I had to prove to Candy that I was a worthy suitor. And over time, being together, she decided, she decided I was worthy of her love because she knew she could see I was going at this strongly. I was worthy. And then she gave it all to me, her love. I proved to her. See, I proved to her that I was serious about her. You have to prove to God that you're serious about him. Listen, before you become a Christian, God pursues you. Yeah? Jesus said, no one can come to me except the Father draws him. God pursues you before you become a Christian, right? The Bible says no one seeks after God. No one. You don't do that on your own. You have an inclination to walk the other way. God pursues you. But after you become a Christian, you listening? You pursue God. You have to pursue God. I proved to Candy that I was serious about her. I was head over heels in love with her. And this is what James discovered. He discovered, and he says this, if you will draw near to God, he says this, if you will do that wholeheartedly, if this is what you're doing, if you're doing it in your heart, say, I want to love you, God. I want to know you, God. I want to, you, you saved me. What you did on the cross just overwhelms me, and I want to know you that, because you did that for me. And if that's in your heart, if you want an ongoing, intimate relationship with God, not half-hearted, and that's the key. If I desire God, if I want God, seeking God, if I do, God Listen, God will determine that I am a worthy suitor. Yeah. That's what he's going to do. The, Jeremiah 17 says, 17, the Lord searches the heart. God searches the heart and tests the mind. To give us a core, as he sees this, to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. He gives us. God will determine that you're a worthy suitor. God has to become convinced that you're serious. Draw near to God. And when this happens, you will find that the Holy Spirit will draw near to you. Jesus will draw near to you. The Father will draw near to you. Everyone who was doing it experienced it. It's why James could record it. See, what will happen in this church, in this church here at Freeport, Maine, if you do that? Awesome things. People are going to get saved. People are going to get be delivered. People are going to see, 
you're going to see marriages that are falling apart come back together. Here. And the church will grow. I mean, why would anybody want to go to church if nothing's happening? You know, I mean, they've been in church. They've dropped out of church. Nothing was happening in church, and so they quit going to church. When something's happening in church, churches grow. Let that be a challenge. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you, and your church will grow. Say, well, what's happening? You know, hey, come to church. I'm, you can't believe what God's doing in our church. What's going on? Well, you've got to come see. That's how churches grow. So, here, real quick, how to begin. First, here's first. Realize, realize, that's the key word. Realize God wants you to pursue Him. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit wants you to become His suitor. That's first. Second, doing this requires a deep level of desire from the heart. From the heart. Um, a wanting. I want this from the heart. I wanted candy more than any person on earth. And that desire for a relationship with her was deep inside my soul. It was a desire of my heart. So you can't go half-heartedly at this. You have to go all in. And you will experience something, which is third. You're going to experience the struggle yeah, there's a wrestling like Jacob. There's a struggle. You'll experience struggling in this. You will feel frustrated. I did. It was taking too long. What's wrong with her? You're going to experience frustration. Every relationship does. You're going to sense frustration taking place as this is happening and you're going to have to work through your impatience. You're going to feel frustrated. You're going to struggle at times. You even might be discouraged in this process because it seems like your desire for God is being rejected. Listen to me. It is not being rejected. It's what candy did to me. It's being tested. Yeah. Convince God. Convince God that you're a worthy suitor. Hang in there. There's a struggle. Four. You will experience God drawing closer to you. And it will become very personal. You won't want to talk about it. A couple of weeks ago, I was praying through some scripture. You know, I was having my quiet time. And I was reading this. And, and I stopped and I started praying. And all of a sudden, that scripture came alive in my heart. I started weeping. 
And that's unlike me. Greeks don't weep. We just get mad. No, no. Man, I just started weeping. And I'm saying to God, something's happening to me, God. Something's happening. It's so wonderful. He was responding. That day I sensed the presence of the Lord. He was responding. God will respond. He will respond. God will draw closer to you. And when he does, you will not be satisfied with anything less than God. Your life will change. I don't want anyone else but her. She changed my life. He changed my life. Lastly, I love this part, the payoff. You get her. I got him. I got God. You get God. That's a crude way of thinking. The payoff. There's a payoff. I mean, look, Second Chronicles, we love that. We pray that all the time, you know, when we think we need revival in this world. But the key word is if. And Jesus said if a lot in the New Testament. If you continue in my word, if you love me, if, if, if my people, look, my church here in Freeport, Maine, if my church in Freeport, Maine, who called by my name, they say, I'm a Christian, yes, they do, will humble themselves and will pray and seek my face, seek me, pursue me, draw near to me, God in this much quoted verse in 2 Chronicles says, I will respond. People are going to get saved. People are going to get healed. People are going to be delivered from all kinds of addictions. Families are going to be brought together. What, what we've got to see, we've got to see is that this is what God wants if because if it's what I want and I'm doing this and I am doing this God will trust me like she does God will trust me I've concluded that the reason why a lot of things that we want to see happen don't happen in our churches. I've concluded this is because God doesn't trust us because we haven't earned it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord. We've got to want this at a deep level of desire. There's going to be struggling at times. Um, there's going to be struggling because we're waiting for God to respond to us. We're going to feel like nothing's happened. Don't feel like that. God is testing you, and there's the payoff, and that's God and the things God will do. This is what started, is starting to happen in our church back home. And it's why I felt that this is what I want to share with you today. Draw near to God. How do you do that? Get serious. Open your Bible. Get alone. Be consistent. Get alone. Get alone. Open your Bible. Pray. Ask God. Or tell God. Just say, God, I want a relationship with you. I want a closeness with you. I want to be in this 
united relationship. I want to feel your presence in my life. I want you to be so close to me that when I'm breathing, I feel you. And God says, that's what I want. We say, great commandment, love the Lord with all your what? Heart, soul, mind, and strength. God wants that. How does it happen? Draw near to God. Amen? Let's pray. Our Father, we're thankful for this word, and you know I'm so thankful for this congregation, and, and I can preach this here because this is a place that wants to draw near to you and wants to be close to you. This is a place, this church here, Lord, wants to be a witness in the community as seen yesterday by this desire to reach out through this event. And so, Lord, I pray for this church, and I pray for every church's. I pray that the Spirit of the living God would fall fresh upon our hearts and show us your desire for us to pursue you and that today someone here will decide that's what I want and go at it. In Jesus' name, amen.